1: Today, we're going to be in Isaiah chapter 41, verses 1 through 10. Yesterday, Andrew introduced us to what he referred to as second Isaiah. And it's this idea that what happens from chapter 40 to 66 is different than what happened in verse chapters 1 through 39. This is a different message. Chapters 1 through 39, Isaiah, as a spokesperson of God, was calling out God's judgment on the people of Judah who had sinned, who needed to be confronted with their sin, who needed to be called to repentance, who needed to be warned about what would come if they did not repent. And starting in chapter 40, the time frame has changed. So chapter 1 through 39 were before the Babylonian exile. Chapter 40 and following are after the Babylonian exile. So this audience is people of Judah God's family, who has been exiled to Babylon because Judah was taken down by Babylon. And so there's theories about where's Isaiah at in all this? One theory is that Isaiah wrote a bunch of stuff down that was for his contemporary audience, which was the 8th century BC people in Judah. And it had implications supernaturally for a different audience That is the exiled people of Judah in Babylon. So Isaiah is the author here in both cases, according to that theory. Another theory says that this second section, chapters 40 and beyond, are actually Isaiah's ideas. And some of the things Isaiah said and taught and even wrote, but they've been passed down from generation to generation through people who were kind of like disciples of Isaiah. And they are applying what he was teaching back in the 8th century BC to their context as exiled people of Judah in Babylon in the 6th century BC. Whatever your take is on that doesn't really affect what we're going to read here today, because this message is clear. It's a message of hope. It's a message of assurance for the people of Judah, and it's a message of assurance and hope for us today. So let's look at verses one through four to start with. Listen to me in silence, O coastlands. Let the people renew their strength. Let them approach, then let them speak. Let us together draw near for judgment. Who stirred up the one from the east? "...whom victory meets at every step. He gives up nations before him so that he tramples kings underfoot. He makes them like dust with his sword, like driven stubble with his bow. He pursues them and passes on safely by paths his feet have not trod. Who has performed and done this, calling the generations from the beginning? I, the Lord, the first and with the last, I am he." This first four verses are actually referring to what God is doing supernaturally and sovereignly in the affairs of geopolitics in the area. This is referring to this person who's raised up the king from the east. This is Cyrus, the king of Persia. The reason this is a message of hope for the people of Israel is because Persia is going to come and sweep out Babylon and... When Babylon is taken down by Persia, Cyrus is going to allow the people of Judah that are exiled in Babylon to go back to Jerusalem. They'll go back and they'll reestablish the city walls. They'll reestablish the temple and the worship in the temple. We read about that in Ezra and Nehemiah. And so God has sovereignly raised up this king, this superpower, Persia, to come and deal harshly with the Babylonians for the purpose of getting the people of Judah people of his family, the seed of Abraham, the Israelites, back to Jerusalem so that his redemptive plan for the world can go forward, the redemptive plan that ultimately culminates in the coming of Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the perfect king, the perfect sacrifice who lives a perfect life, then dies a sinless death, paying the penalty for sin that we owe and rising from the dead to defeat sin, death, and the power of the devil so that anybody from any tribe, tongue, and nation all the way into 2021 A.D., Anyone who puts their faith and trust in Jesus Christ can have his righteousness, can be redeemed before God, can have their sin forgiven, and part of his family and part of his kingdom forever. So God is saying that uh, Isaiah is saying through, God is saying through Isaiah that that God is sovereign over these world affairs for the purpose of his redemptive plan. Then it says in verse 5, The coastlands have seen and are afraid. The ends of the earth tremble and they have drawn near and come. Skip down to verse 8, 6 and 7, getting the weeds on some stuff that we don't need to get into. But you, Israel, my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, the offspring of Abraham, my friend, you whom I took from the ends of the earth and called from its farthest corners, saying to you, you are my servant. I have chosen you and not cast you off. Fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So God is reaffirming his promise to his people, not just his people categorically, but those of among, from among his people who are faithful to him. And he's saying, I know that we've been through quite a time together. I know that 200 years ago or whatever it is, when I first sent Isaiah to communicate my judgment to you for your sin, and then I allowed the Assyrians and the Babylonians to waylay you, and and then you've been in exile. But don't fear, because I'm going to uphold you with my righteous right hand. Friends, I want to be part of whoever the people are that God treats like that. And the people who God treats like that are people who trust him, people who fear him. In a new covenant sense, what we know now that they didn't know specifically back then, this is people who trust Jesus Christ. Because when we trust Jesus Christ, many things happen to us. We're forgiven. We are reconciled to God. We are clothed with the righteousness of Christ. We're indwelt with the Holy Spirit, but we are grafted into his family. And he treats us like covenant sons and daughters, the way he intended to be in relationship with his chosen people, Israel. If you take this verse out of context, it could be a feel-good verse that they might sell at Hobby Lobby or some Christian bookstore, and everybody thinks that this applies to them. Fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. But let's be clear. That's not a promise for everybody. That's actually a promise specifically for these people back in Babylonian exile, and then it carries over to people who are part of these people through faith in Jesus Christ. Lord, thanks for the gospel. Thanks for this promise. Would you uphold us by your righteous right hand, day in and day out, as you have done through Christ. Amen.
0: The Daily Dose is a partnership between four ministries. And please consider joining us for our 100th annual conference on Saturday, July 31st through Saturday, August 7th in 2021. If you or someone you know could benefit from an anonymous online Christian mentor, please visit issuesiface.com, which is provided by Power to Change Digital Strategies, our fourth partnering ministry